Welcome to another episode of Botox and Burpees. I'm Dr. Sam Ree, plastic surgeon and CrossFit coach, host of this podcast where we talk about plastic surgery, CrossFit, and everything in between. You can find more information at our website, BotoxandBurpees.com, and make sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. This week's episode is with special guest coach Terry Wyattrack and David Syvertson, owner and coach at My Box, CrossFit Bison in Midland Park, New Jersey. We discuss why, when, and how to track your fitness. Not charting your fitness life is like going on a journey without a map or GPS. We discuss different methods, approaches, and thoughts about recording and personalizing the fitness journey. Keeping track of our fitness. How, why, and what should we be keeping track of in terms of our progress in fitness? To open, Glassman said, CrossFit is results-based. Measurable, observable, repeatable data. And if it's data, then we should be keeping track of our data. And I did read an article, and it said basically not keeping a training journal is akin to going on a journey without a map or GPS. You probably won't end up at your desired destination. And if you do, it'll only be by luck and with a lot of wasted time and effort. So tell me about what both of you do in terms of keeping track of your progress and how you do it and how people should be thinking about it. Okay. So I definitely, I keep journals. I have my notebook from my very first class here and it's upstairs in the third floor along with the other notebooks. And I, I pick up a different journal maybe every year I do a new one or whatever. And I just have, I, I write down the workout before I come to the gym. So when the workout gets posted and I know I'm going to come in, I write it down in my notebook. So I don't need a whiteboard. I have my own notebook. And then I have a plan of action. What am I going to do today? If I don't know what weight I'm going to do, if there's a barbell in there, I just leave that blank until I get in. And then I warm up and I say, okay, this feels good. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But at the end of the workout, I always record my time on there. I record my rounds and reps. And then I make a note of how I felt that day. Just this went well, this didn't go well, the handstand push up sucked, like whatever. I'll just take a little note. And then I always have something to go back on. If for some reason I don't have my notebook with me, I take a picture of my whiteboard whenever I write it on the whiteboard and I have it in my phone and I have a file on my phone of CrossFit workouts. But I always record it because there are times down the road, Dave will say, okay, our one rep max um, back squat. Okay, well, I haven't back squatted heavy in eight months. I don't remember where I was at, but I can go back and I can see it. Granted, he everybody posts it on Bisa Bison on our Facebook page, the workouts, but if you have it tangible and it's right there, you can actually just look back at your progress. I, I know in my one notebook, I had a green and a red band for my pull-up workout, one of my first pull-up workouts, and I that was where I started. And I, it's nice to look back and say, okay, look at where I am now versus where I was six years ago or seven years ago. So I, don't know, I just, I think for me, I like tangible. I like hard copies of things and I like to just see it in front of me, even with my daily calendars and things like that. So yeah, like, same here. I like stuff that's not technology based. Like I still write down directions sometimes when mm-hmm. I drive. It's, I just, it's just more reliable. Like I do, like, I've been doing this for so long now. Like, I can recite to you, like, what every lift is for me, what my all-time PR is. But that doesn't mean I can do it right now. Absolutely not. I think this is something I could probably do a better job of. But I have a spreadsheet with my lifts and some of the CrossFit benchmarks, like Fran and Grace and Isabel. But I do have a memory that, like, with CrossFit-related stuff that I can remember a lot, like scores and times and reps and all that stuff. Like, I could almost recite to you all, like, my open scores, like, stuff that I really care about. 
but I don't write all that down. Like open scores, I always think of the, another reason I, I like the open. Like that information is always there for you. Like you could always go back and look at your scores. Like you look at your scores, my scores from 2012 on there. This is cool to go back and look at that. But in terms of do I actually write down stuff in the journal, I don't. I rely on our pictures that we take of the whiteboard. Like when we do repeat workouts, we don't do that many. But when we do, we can. it's pretty easy for us to find because we tell the coaches to date it when they post it. Even then, sometimes it doesn't work. But the it's easy for us to find those nuts so that we can show people like, hey, like here, here you go. Here was your score back then. Here was my score back then. I do think it's important because, like you said, the way you opened this talk was like how much of this stuff is observable, repeatable. And I do like the idea of having a workout program that shows objective progress. The problem with that is there are some variables within a workout score that are not accessible on a whiteboard. This is where I think a journal would help is, hey, I hit this weight on my squat, but this is what I did the day before. This is where I was at you know, life-wise, this is, I got great sleep. I ate this because we're, hey, in this gym, like how do you compare workout scores here compared to the old gym? It was a completely different layout. Mm -hmm. When you were five years younger, mm -hmm. it's, so I think sometimes it can become a detriment to always be comparing yourself. Like we're all depreciating assets physically, right? Yes, like I could say I'm fitter now than I was seven years ago, but I do go back and forth throughout a year and I don't always want to use a score from two years ago like I don't, that's part of the reason why I don't like repeating open workouts anymore. It's hard to repeat the environment. Like I think a lot of people try harder in the open than they do throughout the rest of the year. So why use an open score as your barometer right now? That's like so I used to repeat them all the time. I was wondering I about to, that. Yeah. I used to repeat them all the time. And then I started to notice, I'm like, people are not beating themselves, but I know for a fact they're fitter, but the environment is a big deal. There's stuff like my best open score ever was 2018. I was top 20 in the world in a workout. There's no shot I could do that right now, but I feel like I'm fitter than I was back then. But that was like, I was competing for a team. A lot of things were lined up, mm -hmm. like training wise leading up to the three, four months prior to, didn't have a single cheat, didn't have a kid, was sleeping <laughs> like 10 hours a day, like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Like it's hard to always use a result of the past for your current state, you know? I, I don't treat, keep anything now, and it's really awful, which is why we're talking about it right now, because to me, it's a little bit of trying to pick your guys' brains about it. I think the best... I'm not, I'm not a paper person anymore. Yeah. I used to be many years ago, but mm -hmm. now it's all digital for everything. I loved... No, there were some drawbacks to it, but I thought one of the best things we did experiment with was beyond the whiteboard, mm -hmm. when we had the app, when I was logging the workouts because it gave you some assessment right. based on length of time of all the workouts you were logging and the different movements and the weights, where if you were deficient on your short workouts or yep. maybe your long workouts or your weight workouts or your cardio workouts, and it gave you some numbers about it. Yep. And it was easy for me to type in back squat and pull my right. every recent back squat wad we've done. Mm -hmm. And then I could say, oh yeah, when I did it with box jumps, it was this. And yep. when we were just doing progressions, five, three, one, it was this. Yep. And I feel like that's something I really want to go back to because I think, but I, it, there were limitations. I think feeling how you felt is super important. Wow, you know, so. what I do open workouts too, because it is a way of measuring from one year to the next because they repeat at least one of them every year. And we did one and I told you this, I, uh, last year it was like the one with the 315 pound deadlifts yes. and I did worse this year than I did the last time, but I wasn't 
dead and feeling like crap and beat up and for the next week i right. could actually work out the next day right. this time around so right. there was a big difference and i feel like if i had a fitness journal and i had logged that i would have looked and it said oh the next day i was able to do this and and mm -hmm. this is how i felt and i think that's that's super important i like the reset challenge because i am keeping track every day mm -hmm. of am i sleeping what am i drinking mm -hmm. how's my food mm -hmm. i think that some of these things we should be encouraging everyone to be doing. Yeah. Uh, so I can say full disclosure regarding Beyond the Whiteboard. We did it for a while. Like as usual with anything new, a lot of people did it. I think we had like 60 people sign up for it right away. And then, you know, two weeks later, 10 people were using it. And f this is the full disclosure. It was so much work to put every single workout into that's the, the whiteboard. The and it was a little limited with some of our workouts are like very unique in that they're not just a straight AMRAP. Right. It's not just straight five rounds for time. There's a lot of like interval rest and this and that. I'm like, man, this is taking like an hour, two hours every week, and there's eight people that are using it. Mm -hmm. So I do think Beyond the Whiteboard would be great for just tracking your lifts and some like really specific workouts, like benchmark workouts, the girls, the heroes, the open workouts. I don't think it's necessary to log every single thing you do every day unless you're pursuing something that you're trying to find a trend. Like, wow, why do I suck every Tuesday, Wednesday? Like maybe it's because Sundays are like being biased. Like Sundays are like the one day of the week where I usually let nutrition go, have some drinks, watch football, sit down a lot, don't stretch, don't work out in the afternoon. And then Monday you can usually will yourself through something, but then Tuesday catches up to you. So like I've always, I've found trends like that or like my worst workout days in the past have been Thursday, Friday. Why? It's because Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, I sleep four to five hours and I try to get an hour a nap. So like maybe I shouldn't work. I think tracking for that reason alone helps out a lot. Do I think you need to know the exact time of every single workout you did? I don't, unless you really plan on repeating stuff. But I think the lifestyle stuff, like you said with Reset, that's why we're doing it this year. It can help you find trends. Like, why am I always 211 pounds on Monday and 206 on Friday? What hap what's going on there? I think that can help you just look into some lifestyle stuff. What do you, so how do you suggest that people keep track? Well, so what should they keep track of? Their one rep max is for everything. Cause you gave me a spreadsheet as well when I was doing next level of all sorts of parameters. Should everyone be keeping track of all those parameters that you have listed on that? And I can't remember all of them, but if you wanted to go through some of those things. I think the list, I think you should know what you lift on every lift or approximate. Again, like a lot of times we'll set like, how many times do you have come in here and say, guys, do this at 70 to 80%. And again, it's a range just so you know like what stimulus to chase after. Oh, it's like this Friday's open prep workout is pre the toughest one we, we're going to do. And it's not necessarily like on the ground breathing. It's the movements are heavy and they're complex. So I'm going to say, hey, here's the RX, but this should not be more than 85% of this. And if you have no idea what you squat, then that, that means nothing to you. And that could have you come in and do a workout that is way beyond your means and get you hurt. So I think you should know what you lift. And I also think it's important to know some gymnastic standards, like how many pull-ups can you do in a row, toes bar, handstand push-ups. For what? Like just unbroken? So, yeah, just so in terms like in a workout that has, let's say there's a workout that has 10 handstand push-ups at a time, your max set is 11. Mm -hmm. Like you should probably like know that you shouldn't do 10 in that first set because it's going to ruin the rest of the workout. You should do two or three or scale do five RX, five scaled. And that, like, I do think our coaches always do a good job of talking at the whiteboard. This is the workout, but this should not be taking you three minutes to do this part of the workout. This is where I think 
I actually have to write a lot more down because now that I'm doing some of this training, yep. it helps me a lot to plan my workouts. So I never actually thought, how many double unders can I do in 30 seconds right. or a minute? Yep. But once I wrote it down, now every double under workout, I know I sh should be able to do it in X amount of time. I know you do this automatically for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right, right, right. I'm psychotic right. with this right. stuff. So I don't want people to do like the, the to be like that. No, like, I, I think like get her opinion on it because I feel like she's been doing this a long time and she is, she is, anal you are analytical. Um, yeah. And I think like how deep into that do you go? If a workout comes up and like, all right, I have a general idea of what I can lift, what I can do capacity wise. Does that change your approach pre-workout? when you're planning some stuff out. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And then usually it just goes down the tubes <laughs> in the middle of the workout. Right, like, oh my God. You right. Know? But I do, I, I try to plan it out. I try to say, okay, this is going to take me like 45 seconds to do. So then I'm going to give myself this amount of break in order to get to here and there in order to, like, if I wanted to finish a workout and if I look at it and I say, okay, I'm not going to be able to finish that workout today because there's a high volume of push-ups, and right now my push-ups are, I'm struggling with them. I'm going to lighten the load on the barbell right. because I know it's going to take a lot out of me. So, like, I do analyze things in terms of that before mm -hmm. a workout instead of just coming in and being like, okay, you I'm go here. For it. Let me yeah. just do it. And yeah. I'm up. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But that also comes with time and experience. But writing it down for me, especially, like, we had some lifts. I don't even remember what we were doing. And I failed, like, the final lift. But I wrote down that it was an attempt. I circled it and I wrote down, failed this, didn't get under the bar or whatever. Like I, so like I know next time perhaps I could go for that, but I definitely got the previous lift, but how and why did I fail that lift? What do I have to work on in order to get the heavier lift? Mm -hmm. And that's just kind That's of a good point. Like when you fail a lift, it's not, we say this with the snatch a lot. It's not because you weren't strong enough. It's usually something technique wise. So like if you have these notes that you write down, like how many people that come here and they always get to this like 90 to 95% weight and then the movement starts to change. The so snatch, the bar path changes. Mm -hmm. You catch it in front of you instead of behind you. You look down at the ground every time. If Terry fails a lift, instead of just saying she failed the lift, it might be like, hey, I was on my toes off the ground. Right. So I didn't really get to drive through my heels. My knuckles started facing forward. Like when I fail hand cleans, I'm really struggling with this right now with heavy hand cleans. I extend so hard and my, it, the bar goes away from me. So if I do catch it, I am in a really crappy position. And I brute strength had to try to stand it up, which is not good for me. So that's something that you can make a mental note of if you have that kind of memory or write it down. It's not just what did you hit. It's what happened around that hole, that hit, that fail. How did you feel after? Mm -hmm. Right. I I think the other thing that you hit on, though, is recording yourself. So yeah. journaling is also not just writing, but videoing yourself. Right. Videos. Now that I've been posting, I had posted some stuff on social media, but yeah. I just started recording myself a yeah, lot more. You're so vain. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone's like, like, oh, look at you, Sam. You're recording <laughs> yourself again. Well, I will tell you, it's, that has helped me. Like, I'm my, you, it's the best coach you're yeah, ever going to find. I, will, I know there's a lot of 6 a.m.ers who give me shit for oh, recording whatever. myself, which is, yeah. is whatever. But yeah. I would really encourage people to record themselves mm -hmm. because 
it was only then that I started looking at myself and saying, oh, wow, I did not even realize I'm not, I think I'm kipping, but I'm not really kipping. The video doesn't lie. Yeah, I, I think I'm not locking out my legs first before bringing my stripper butting, but oh my yep. gosh, look at that. My legs are completely locked out before I bring my uh, hips up. And it's those things that everyone you shouldn't worry about you know, whether or not it, they just, just record yourself yeah. for everything. Bring a little tripod, bring your camera, your phone and look at yourself. It, it, if, especially if there's something you're frustrated about movement wise, like you feel like you're at a plateau with something, you have to start figuring out why. And you can't always rely on a coach because like, like we all deliver messages differently here yeah. and then take out the other nine coaches. They do too. And like, I've had this, people say this to me sometimes too. It's like, oh, this coach helped me out with my handstand push-up. They told me to do this. I'm like, in the back of it's, it's delivery. <laughs> right. And it's maybe I'm too like this or there, that person, they just connect better. The video. So if you're in this spot where, man, I can't figure this stuff out, mm -hmm. video yourself because you are going to start rationalizing things differently. You're going to see things different than the coach. And the coach sometimes, like I struggle with word choice sometimes with, how do I tell someone how to get the muscle up? I try to use all these different things. You research, oh, that person, like I'll steal this from that person. It doesn't work sometimes. But like I, when you show them a video, a lot of times they're like, oh my gosh, like double unders, right? Yeah. Hey, your arms are going out. What do you mean my arms are going out? Here's a video. Yeah. Oh, like I thought I was here. My hands are by my shoulders. Your rope is too short now. You cannot literally get it under your feet. So like sometimes the video is, is, and Hey, there are some people that just don't like to see themselves on video. And I think that's part of what it is. They don't want to see themselves on tape, but I think the video is probably the best coach you're ever going to get. If you're struggling with a movement, there are workouts where my form just starts to degrade at the end of it. And you won't see it unless you actually video the whole thing. And you see yourself, yeah. you look great. I look great at 135. You get me to 150. Yep. And yeah, then it's just like, it looks like crap. I think that's important. I think I would, I, if you're relatively new or you don't have a lot of these numbers that over years right. have, I never thought, I never actually th thought about how long does it take me to row 20 cows? Yeah. But recently I've had to, yep. and I said, and in some workouts, I said, you know what? I need to write down that 20 cals takes me X because then I will know. And when I get better, I'll be like, wow, it doesn't take me X anymore. It takes me X minus 10 or 15 or whatever it is. Like yesterday's open prep workout was AMRAP 20, 20 cal row, 20 burpees to right. a target. And this is where, like, we tell people at the board, like, this is a conditioning test. This is actually probably a bigger test of your ability to pace then just to see how heavy you can breathe and how long you can sustain it. And so I asked a few people, how long does 20 cows take? Like people have no idea. No, I didn't have any. Idea. I know to, to the second, I just how long I, it will take <laughs> me in a workout. Why didn't you guys tell me this yeah. stuff? <laughs> but yeah, it's because we're trying to beat you. <laughs> you don't know yet? Like we want you to do well, but not that well. But I, I think and if you're going to invest yourself in this stuff, it's not that hard. In a warm up, like guys, let's, how long does 10 cows take you? Cool. How long does 20 take you? It should be the double that number, like approximately. So I, I, and then you start tying. It's not just knowing how many cows it was. It, what was the pace on the monitor right. that got you to that number? What were the strokes per minute? And this is where I think if like, I don't consider myself like some overly intelligent person at all. I just pay attention to the details because I want to get better at it. And that's it.
if you invest yourself mentally, I think it, it would enhance your fitness. For a lot of us, we need to write that down because that's going to help us. Right. And that's really where the journaling comes into play. Yeah. Pretty much for every movement, honestly, I think yeah. that's what we should be doing. Yeah. Like, make a spreadsheet, yeah. you know, and just put every movement right. up there and just right. make little me- le- mental notes. Yeah. You made me do wall balls. Now I know how many wall balls it takes me to do. I can yep. do in a minute. Yeah. And the next yep. time I do, was it the 150, what is it? The 150 wall ball one? What's Karen. That? Karen. Yep. I'm going to know, all right, this is what I have to pace myself because I used to just go, what's your strategy? Usually just do as many as you yeah, possibly I mean, your first can. Time, your first time, you did 220. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I was, I'll never forget that day. Uh, you know, for your first workout, I was working out next to you. Really? I was like, oh yeah. I was like, oh man. <laughs> and uh, now I'll know how to pace it properly and what rate I... I actually have a number I could shoot for. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's going to help you. I really do. Yeah. Do you keep a diary in general of your life or just for what you do? Nutrition? Um, nutrition, 100%. I have it all. Yeah? I, I ebb and flow with it, though, sometimes. But right now, for sure, since September, I've been keeping it. I know what I've been eating and what makes me feel good. And there's times I'll, during the week, I'm, I'm really tired today, and I know why. And I'm also doing it for hormonal stuff being a female in her 40s i'm starting different things and it's just been very good for me in terms of what i should be eating at certain times and even like with my workouts i know there's certain times of the month i am not going to come in here and i am not going to even attempt a heavy lift because i know that it is a bad time for me it's just my iron levels my Mm -hmm. iron levels are low Mm -hmm. and just energy wise i'm like Mm -hmm. spent but i know like at other times like they are like my optimal times to work out and do well but that's that is like more of a health journal for me. I think Matthew McConaughey, I listened to him one day and he said he journals a lot of stuff in his life. And he said, sometimes I need to go back and see when I was at one of the best parts of my life, I was so productive, I was doing so many great things, want to go back and see what was I doing around that time to help me get back into that? Or conversely, things weren't going so great. And what were those things around my life at that point? And you're right. Like you said, fitness is not what's in the gym. It's the 23 hours that you're out of the gym. And if you're not keeping track of that, you're not keeping track of um, what you're doing, even if it's just a checkbox. Did I do mobility today? Did I drink my water water today? The reset challenge, I think, helps us so much with that because Mm -hmm. every day we have to log it. It's a thought. And it's a thought. And if we really become cognizant of what they're putting in their mouth. Absolutely. Right. And if if people just keep to that afterwards and keep their journal and say, okay, I did do my water. I did do my mobility. I did do my exercise. I did do my sleep. Then that is just going to habituate you into doing it automatically almost mm-hmm. every day if you make that checklist yeah. and do it. It becomes a habit. Yeah, it's so important. You can get every episode of Botox and Burpees wherever you listen to podcasts or go to BotoxandBurpees.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>